You got a PhD in theology? Uh, a doctor of ministry. Doctor of yeah. ministry, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And you've ministered at three or four churches in Columbus, Georgia, mm -hmm. um, Cristobal, Texas? Yeah, Cristobal. Yeah. Cristobal? Right. Okay, where's that? Uh, just by San Angelo. Okay. And then down in McAllen. Yeah, McAllen. Yeah, turn on your microphone. Sorry. That's fine. There you go. There he is. Now you can hear me. Now y'all know he's real. Yeah. Okay. Um, Bachelor of Science degree from East Texas State, married sure. to Kimberly. Yes. Uh, she's an elementary ed person, three, grand, three children, two grandchildren. DBU, yeah. Texas Baptist, Dallas Baptist Association, Rio Grande Valley Baptist Association. Um, in Richardson Regional Medical Center. You're on the Board of Trustees or serve on the Board uh, of Trustees. Yeah. Okay, there he is. He's qualified it, all right, <laughs> to minister to us. He was like, he was here at 9.30. He's like, are we going to have church? <laughs> said, don't worry about it. Oh, that's good. All right. Good. Um, and I, I got a preview. You're going to talk a little bit about uh, 4th of July and stuff, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Okay, I'll, I'll leave you alone. Okay. Here's this. Here's our All clicker right. man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big button is advanced. Yeah. Little yeah. one's reverse. Thanks, Gary. Okay. All right. Hey, it is, uh, it is an honor to be invited uh, out here. Jim Dennison is just uh, uh, an incredible man whom I love and respect, and so it's just an honor to get to come and, and, uh, and preach out here. I had told uh, him that I wanted to come out here and visit one Sunday, and so uh, they just said, well, just preach while you're there. So I'm like, I love it. So, uh, and uh, I did grow up out in this area, and being out here, we've been spending a lot of time on the lake on the July 4th weekend. And one of the things that I love is just how patriotic, uh, if you're out on the lake, you know you're in a very patriotic uh, part of the country. Amen? You know? And so uh, I, I love that. And, and let me just connect it to the message just briefly and, and just kind of dive in because I know y'all want to get out at 1030. And I'm not certain how um, realistic that's going to be. But we're going to do our best, okay? And some of y'all are going, I'm just leaving right now then. All right, just hang with me. Hang with me, all right? And then about 10.30, if you don't like the way it's going, just go, all right? And, and I get it. I get it. I'd probably do the same thing, all right? So, so just, you know, I, I want to talk to you just about living a life worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made for you. And, and here's the thing. Uh, if you are a follower of Jesus, and by the way, if you're not, that means you're here just exploring who Jesus is. I can't imagine a more beautiful place to come and just explore Christianity. Who is this Jesus and what does he want from me, right? But if you're a follower of Jesus, then, then let me tell you something without sounding like a know-it-all uh, that, that I do know about the human spirit that God created. See, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, right? And, and there is something unique about you, and that is in Internally, in the DNA of who you are in Jesus Christ, there is this longing to live a life that is worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus has made for you and for me. When I think about this sacrifice, it, it takes me back to uh, just we celebrated D-Day this past month, right? The storming of Normandy and an attempt to liberate France. And, and, and one of the movies is, that just captured just the horror and the sacrifice of that day so well is Saving Private Ryan. And if you're sitting there going, what? what, what, what? It came out in 1998, okay? So if you're fuzzy on the details, that's okay. But, but let me just kind of set it up because I 
I want you to see a quick clip from that movie, all right? Uh, the, the premise of the movie is there is this young private, Private Ryan, played my, by Matt Damon. Uh, his brothers had already been killed in the theater of war, and so the U.S. government decided we're going to go save Private Ryan. We're going to find him wherever he is, and we're going to bring him home. And so Captain Miller, played by Tom Hanks, is assigned the, the responsibility of leading the military unit that is going to find Private Ryan and bring him home safely. Uh, along the way, so many men uh, died in this effort to literally save Private Ryan, okay? And so in one of the most moving scenes of the movie, uh, here's, here's Captain Miller shot, bleeding, and dying, and he's on a bridge, and, and Captain Miller pulls Private Ryan close, and he says, earn this. Earn it. Now fast forward to an elderly private Ryan. Wife and family and grandkids standing in the background. He's visiting Normandy Beach. And he is visiting now the grave of Captain Miller. And here's what he says. Family in the background. He's just talking to the tombstone of Captain Miller. Watch this. Every day, I think... You said to me that day on the bridge. I've tried to live my life the best I could. I hope that was enough. I hope that at least in your eyes, I earned what all of you have done for me. scene, especially if you've watched the movie that is so moving and you get it, there would just be this sense if you were now an elderly private Ryan just thinking, I have to live a life that is worthy of the sacrifice of all these guys who died so that I might live, so that I might get married, so that I might have kids, so that I, I might have grandkids. And, and there's just something inside your spirit as you're watching that scene, if you've seen the movie, where you're going absolutely right. You owe it to those individuals to live a life worthy of their sacrifice. And what I would suggest to you is this. As a follower of Jesus Christ, when you, and I'm talking about, uh, this is just internal. This is maybe even subconscious. You may not have even been thinking about it. And maybe just me talking about it stirs up this desire within you. But I'm telling you, in the DNA of your soul, as a new creation in Christ, there is this sense that when you survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, when you see from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down, there is something in your soul that just says, love so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, and my all. And there's a passage of Scripture in the book of Colossians where Paul is writing to the believers in Colossae. And, and in the process, what he is doing is he's telling them and us, because the Word of God is living and active, and he's telling us how we might live a life that is actually worth the sacrifice 
that Jesus made for us. So I want you to listen as I read this text, and, and it'll be on the screen, and you just kind of follow along silently, and I'll just kind of burn through this text, and we'll dive in, and we'll do our best to have you out of here at 1030. Is that deal? But you got to listen fast, and I'm going to talk fast. Is everybody with me? Are we good? All right, let's dive in. Ready? And so, from the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Look at this. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing with all, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his saints in life. Listen, here's one thing that I pray. I, as I read this text, here's what I hear God saying to me. As you read this text, here's what I want you to walk away with today where you're going, wow, that's what God is saying to me. And here it is. Prayer empowers us to walk in a manner Worthy of the Lord. And I can imagine even as I say that, some of you are thinking, oh no, is this going to be a sermon on prayer? And I, I, I'm not really good at that and I don't really want to do that. Just hang with me for a second, okay? Because here's what I'm going to say. I don't think that this text is the be all to end all. And if you just listen today, then you're going to live happily ever after, okay? I don't believe that. But I do believe this. If you listen and if you begin to incorporate what Paul teaches in this text, it's a tool in your tool belt, mom. It's a tool in your tool belt, dad. It's a tool in your tool belt, neighbor. It's a tool in your tool belt, coworker, that you might begin to pray and that God might work through your prayers to encourage and even call some other people around you to walk in a manner worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made for you. So hang with me in this text. Notice how it says prayer empowers us because Paul says from the day we heard it, we have not ceased to pray for you. Paul is not saying I pray for myself every day that I might walk in a manner worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made for me. Paul said, I'm praying for every one of you believers in Colossae. Let me stop and ask you a question. Who are you praying for right now that they might walk in a manner worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made for them? And the odds are 99% of you are going, mm, I'm not praying that prayer for anyone. And that's okay. But what if you started praying that prayer? Because Paul said, hey, listen, here's what I believe is going to jumpstart you guys in Colossae living a life that is worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made. And I believe the jumpstart is the prayers that I'm praying for you. Prayer is what empowers it. Who in here is old enough to remember Popeye? I want a show of hands. Help me out. Okay. Remember Popeye? Uh, olive oil. Loved olive oil. Olive oil. Get in trouble. Somebody's hurting olive oil. What would he do? Uh, well, he was weak and, and just couldn't do anything until he grabbed a can of. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You bet. And they used to teach us as kids well. I mean, how would he eat that spinach? He would suck it through his pipe. I mean, you know. <laughs> Ain't nothing like a pipe and a can of spinach to get you going. Amen? Yeah, that's the, you know, and it taught us. But, but when he ate that spinach, what happened? He was blessed with superhero power, right? And what Paul is te teaching us is that for the child of God, prayer. And just hang with me because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break down the prayer, okay? So just hang with me when I say prayer. 
But prayer is our can of spinach. But instead of enabling us with superhero power, what it does is it enables us with supernatural power. And so here's what he's saying. To walk in a manner worthy of the Lord requires God's power more than it requires willpower. So let me ask you a question. Who are you praying for? that they might walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm going to break down and tell you what the prayer is that Paul prays, and we're going to look at it, and we're going to look at it really briefly, but just hang with me on this. Who are you praying for? Mom and Dad, let me tell you something. I really urge you, I encourage you to begin to pray this prayer over your kids on a daily basis. I, I encourage you, Grandma and Grandpa, to pray this over your kids and your grandkids. I encourage you to pray this over your neighbors and your coworkers. So just hold this idea in mind. Who am I praying for? Paul said, I'm praying that you might walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, worthy of the sacrifice that he made. So who are you praying that prayer for? Now, let's dive into the, the, the meat of the prayer. Ready? He says this. It, it, prayer empowers, but prayer's got to be specific. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, what is the knowledge of God's word? And I, I want this to be a little bit interactive. I know we're laid back and it's the lake, but I still want you to be in, connecting with me here. So, so I'm going to give you a hint here. But, but when we talk about being filled with the knowledge of his word, where do we find the knowledge of his word? Help me out. Where, where would we find that? All right, so now imagine this. You are praying, hey, I pray that my kid, I pray that my grandchild, I pray that my coworker, I pray that my neighbor who doesn't know Jesus and doesn't care about knowing Jesus, I pray that my boating buddy will be so filled with the knowledge of God's Word, so filled with the Word of God. Now, the word filled means to be saturated to the point that there's no room for anything else. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine reading God's Word and memorizing God's Word and studying God's Word and just meditating on God's Word so that your mind is saturated with the Word of God so that when uh, you are offended by someone, what do you want to think? You want to think paybacks are tough and yours is coming, my friend. Anybody? Nobody besides me? Okay. That's not me either. That's my wife, and I've been praying for her. So when somebody offends you, you know what you want to think, right? But imagine that your mind is just saturated with knowledge of God's Word so that all you can think about is turn the other cheek and you're thinking, I don't want to turn the other cheek, God. No! But that's all your mind can think about. Or how about this? Uh, you are sinned against and all you can think about is forgive seven times, 70 times. Or how about this? You see a need, and all your mind can think about is serve one another. Or how about this? You're in a conversation, and you're getting aggravated, and you just want to interrupt them, and you want to give them a piece of your mind. But the only thing filled with the knowledge, saturated with the knowledge of God's Word, so that when they're talking, and you want to butt in, you want to give them a piece of your mind, you want to tell them what for, but all your mind can think about is be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. God, would you get out of my head? Because I just don't want to be thinking about that right now. Can you imagine? Filled with the knowledge of his word. But now look at this. What if you prayed this for your kids? What if you prayed this for your grandkids? God, I want them to walk in a manner worthy of the sacrifice that you made. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what Paul did for the believers in Colossae. I pray that you would just fill my kid, fill my grandkids. 
Fill my neighbor, my coworker, my friend with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Look at this. What does it mean, spiritual wisdom and understanding? Here's my translation. It means seeing your circumstances through the eyes of God. Uh, seeing how his word applies to your circumstance, seeing how his word applies to your life, spiritual wisdom and understanding. It is Holy Spirit-infused understanding, seeing how God's truth is better than your thoughts. See, when you're filled with spiritual wisdom and understanding, you begin to understand, wait a minute, even though I may not want to do what God's will teaches me to do, I believe God's will is better than my will, and I believe God's way is better than my way. Spiritual wisdom and understanding means you see your life through the eyes of God, and so you begin to embrace God's ways. You read in the Word of God, forgive one another, and yet you, you and I, how many times do we know the right thing to do, and we just aren't motivated to do it? Anybody in here ever struggle with that besides me? Three of us. <laughs> and the rest of y'all struggle with lying, and you don't, and it's in the house of God. It, we all struggle with knowing the right thing to do, but we're just not motivated to do it, right? Forgive your enemy. And we're like, who are you kidding, man? If you knew what they did to me, if you knew what they said to me, you would never forgive them. See, we often know the right thing to do, but it's hard to do. give God the tithe. Are you kidding me? I'd do that if I had more money, but I can't do that. Remain sexually pure. Are you kidding me? That was for another generation. That's not for our generation. How many times do we know the right thing to do, but we just aren't motivated to do it? Listen, when we begin to pray, God, would you fill them with the knowledge of you so they'll know what to do? And then give them spiritual wisdom, spiritual, Holy Spirit-infused wisdom and understanding so that they're actually motivated to do what they know to do. See, that's what Paul prayed over the believers at Colossae. But now just, let's just hit the heart of the issue and then we'll land the plane. Prayer empowers us to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Do you see that in the verse? so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. What does it mean to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord? If you were preaching the sermon, what would you say? More than likely, you'd say walking in a manner worthy of the Lord means to walk in obedience. It means to do his will, not your will. It means you begin to think his ways really are better than your ways. To walk in a manner worthy of the Lord means that you give Jesus your best, you don't give Jesus your leftovers. Does that resonate with anyone? See, sometimes it's okay to do less than your best unless you're going, oh, that's not a good thing to teach. Pastor, don't teach that. My kids are in here. I don't want... Now, wait a minute. Just calm down. If you just ran a marathon yesterday and you decide, I need to go work out today, but I'm only going to go run three miles and I'm going to only run half speed. No, I'm going to run a quarter speed. Isn't that okay? You just ran a marathon yesterday. Isn't it okay to give less than your best today when you go and jog, Right? Your team's up by 40 points. There's two minutes left in the game. Isn't it okay to put in the backups? Please say yes, because I tried to play sports when I was growing up, and I was always one of the backups. So it was good to put in the backups when the game was out of reach, right? It's okay to give less than your best if you're up by 40 and there's two minutes to play. But listen to me. It's never okay to give Jesus Christ less than your best. 
It's never okay to take a day off from following Jesus. Now, we all do it, but it's never okay. And so Paul said, I pray that you guys in Colossae might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you might give God your best, not give God your leftovers. So uh, think again with me to the elderly Private Ryan standing by the graveside at Normandy Cemetery speaking to Captain Miller saying, I hope the life I've lived is worth the sacrifice that you made. Let me tell you something. Whether you think it now, think it today, one day you're going to stand before Jesus Christ. And when you stand before Jesus Christ, you're going to look back on your life. And I want you to be able to say, Jesus, here's the life I lived. I pray. I pray. It was worth the sacrifice that you made for me on Calvary's cross. Uh, we're about to partake together of the Lord's Supper. Uh, the Lord's Supper celebrates the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And so uh, I'm going to ask the, the men to come and, and pass this out as we prepare to take it. Is that the way we do it? Yes. Y'all come and, and pass this out, and then I, I will lead us in this process of taking the supper. But even as they're passing it out, um, let me just remind you. Thank you. I've had one right here. Thank you so much. Let me just remind you of something that is so vitally important. You can't live a life worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus has made for you until you first make Jesus the Savior of your life. You know, the Word of God teaches that the kingdom of heaven is crashing into earth and that Jesus Christ is the king of the kingdom. And what he did is he died, was buried, and rose again uh, so that if we repent and believe in him and commit ourselves to follow him, then he gives us the gift of eternal life. And my prayer for you is this, that as we prepare to take together the supper, that you will first make certain that you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, when it comes to the supper, um, uh, we... Uh, apparently are using a new way and you tear off the top part and I know we're still passing it out and you get the wafer out just like this and we'll wait until everybody has that. If you have the wafer, then I would invite you to wait just a moment, and then we will all take it together. Do we have them all passed out? All right. In the Gospel of Matthew, we read this. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. As we um, 
take the bread, we're reminded that Jesus Christ really did make a sacrifice so that we could live forever with him. But he made a sacrifice of not only going to the cross, but he also shed his blood on the cross as payment for our sin. And so there on the night that he was betrayed, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. Take and drink from it, all of you. Now, as we prepare um, to be dismissed, let me just say this. I really do pray that you leave today and, and that you just take this tool that we've talked about and put it in your tool belt. I pray, Mom and Dad, that you'll pray this prayer over your kids. I pray that you'll pray it over your grandkids. I pray that every one of us would just identify one person that we could pray this prayer for. And let me tell you this, and I know you're already mentally and emotionally checking out, and so just hang with me on this thought. And then we're going to give you back three minutes. So come on, all right? Yes. So here you go. You ready? I, I, I really believe if you will just... Let God bring to mind one person right now. I'm going to start praying that prayer for this person. I believe this. If you just make a commitment to pray this prayer over one other person for a week, you don't even have to let them know you're praying for them for this. But you just commit. I'm going to pray this prayer. God, would you fill them with the wisdom? With a, just fill them with the knowledge of your will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that they might walk in a manner worthy of you, the sacrifice that you made. Here, here's what I believe. I believe God, in response to your prayer, is going to work in that person's life. Maybe your child, maybe your parent. But God is going to work in that person's life today. And he's going to, through his Holy Spirit, he's going to begin to stir in their heart a desire to live a worthy life. And let me tell you this, final thought. Faith is a team sport. See, when you're praying for somebody else and somebody else is praying for you, I can't stress enough, Paul said, I'm praying for you guys. See, faith is a team sport. You are far more likely to walk in a manner that is worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made if you're praying for somebody else and they're praying for you. We're, we're designed to live out our faith in community. So be in church, be with others, pray for others, and have others pray for you. And may we all walk in a manner worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus made. Let me pray, and we'll be dismissed. Lord, we love you. We thank you for dying for us. And just like Private Ryan in the movie saying, I hope the life I've lived was worth the sacrifice, Lord, may we live a life this week that is worthy of the sacrifice that you have made for us. We pray this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Gary, Amen. thanks so much for being here. We have a parting gift for you. Yes. This is the paperwork where you get reimbursed for your time today. Well, thank you. Sign that and send it back in. Okay. And you play at the, you like to play golf at the Cliffs. I, I played one time. I, I did. Did you yes. lose a lot of golf balls? I lost every ball in my bag and couldn't here they finish are back. the 18th hole. There's all your balls, man. Uh, thank thanks so you. much for being here. Yes. Thank y'all. <laughs>